Put 35. You know, I wish I would sometimes I would be saved. I got saved when I was a little kid. So I could go to Sunday school and go to, uh, to the children's church so I could have all those goodies. <laughs> I, grew up, I grew up, you know, we used to run to my grandma's house purposely because my grandma used to have a vest. And that vest was always full of candies. So we were, she knew how to play the game, you know. We were teased by it. And we lived like two blocks away from my grandma's house. And so constantly going to grandma's house, Grandma, can I have a candy? <laughs> you know, today it's like, we have bags of candy. You're like, wow, I wish I was a kid. Today, no, nobody, grown-ups don't want candy. You know what funny story that happened yesterday? I bought like Maria blushes yesterday. Blushes Maria. Blushes Maria. And I... <laughs> So my goal was to make sure that everybody would eat until there would be no more. I got the grown-ups eat blushes yesterday, you know, and uh, I'm like, person, one more. I'm like, yeah, I just eat one more. It got empty. <laughs> it's good. That stuff is good, isn't it? Not good for you. Not good for you, sure. <laughs> anyway, let's, let's get a little serious here. So let's look at Mark 435. And in the same day, when the evening was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto, unto the other side. And when they had sent him away the multitude, the multitude, they took him even as he was in a ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the winds beat unto the ship, so that it was, uh, it was now full. And, it was in the hinder part of the, and he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest now that thou, now, I'm sorry, Master, carest thou now that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How it is that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said unto another, what men of men is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that the, your disciples even asked that question. The Lord of creation was in that boat. And nature obeyed the voice of the creator. And Lord, may we today understand there is a creator. There is a savior. His name is Jesus. He wants to save the soul of those who are lost in this world and just to see the sea of humanity. And pray, Father, may we take your word seriously this morning. And may we realize who we are before you, sinners in need of a Savior. Amen. May we call upon you for salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Somebody said to me one time, why you Baptists always teach about salvation, salvation, salvation? Why not just buy, you know, good, warm, feel-good messages? And I said, we have to teach the whole counsel of God. But salvation is what God told us to do, is commission us to preach the gospel to those who are lost because they need a Savior. All right, so... Is anyone here this morning who is afraid of bad storms? I know somebody, my sisters used to run to the closet when used to 
lightning and thundering. And Lucy said, I am afraid of storms. I said, I just, my sister said, why in the world do you go to the closet? You still, the storm's still outside, you know? Are you? Yeah. It's amazing, you know, people are afraid of storms. I'm not afraid of storms. I, I, I'm just, I'm not. But some people are. You know what I used to give? The damage, the damage, yes. When uh, I cut some trees in my house, I paid some good money for that. Uh, uh, two times I have the tree company came because every time, uh, every time uh, uh, it was a storm, uh, like especially with strong winds, there was a specific tree that the Lord just kept impressing my heart to cut that tree down, cut that tree down. I sleep much comfortable. <laughs> the tree is out. Is that like you silly? Well, well, okay, then I'm silly. But anyway, some people are afraid of storms. They don't like storms. Let me ask you in a, in a different way. Did you ever been in a bad storm on which you expressed concern or even fear? You ever been there in a really bad storm? Oh, let's say in a hurricane, in the midst of a hurricane. Uh, I remember when I lived in the islands in San Michael. Sometimes, I mean, we in the islands, so the islands were not flat, kind of high. Uh, sometimes we had those storms. You could hear the the waves just dragging big boulders. It wake you up in the middle of the night and you could hear, you know. And sometimes it's so loud. They thought because we live, we had a storefront house. We thought we thought the ocean is coming to the house, you know. It's like, so you get up in the morning, and you see this huge, gigantic waves. And it puts some fear on you. You don't want to be there. You know what, what, what happened. But some people got caught in the middle of storms. So storms can be bad at times, even capable of spreading fear. And in the, uh, and in the lives of the, of, I'm sorry, in the lives of all Christians, storms uh, many times come so fast and surprisingly that fear, doubt, and fills our hearts many times. When storms come, we often get our minds so wrapped up that we forget about the one who's always with us, right? If you don't remember, his name is Jesus. That's his name. He is bigger than any storm and any trial that you will face. When the disciples were in that boat, the Bible says a storm came up, Jesus was in the boat. Listen to his words. Matthew 28, 20 says, I am with you always, even into the end of the world. Now, after a busy day in, 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 of ministry in Galilee, the Lord said to his disciples, let's pass over to the other side. This would take them to the country of the Gadarenes, a place where Jesus would continue doing his father's business there. You know, the maniac that was there that Jesus healed there. So Jesus and his disciples got into this ship to the Sea of Galilee. So they, uh, uh, they went to that part of the country. So I'm sorry. So the Sea of Galilee was a place where the Lord and the disciples had been many times. No doubt the disciples, uh, some of whom have commercial fish, they were commercial fishermen. They knew those waters. They were experts crossing that sea. So on the particular journey across the sea, however, the disciples were about to learn just how much they needed to learn the Lord to invite uh, in spite of their experience. Sometimes we have so much experience that we take for granted some things. You know, you did a job at work so many times, and you say, I will never get hurt. Then, boom, you get hurt. You say, oh, I, I, I've been in the ocean so many times. I'm a professional fisherman. I know the ocean. 
Yeah, then you get caught in the middle of a bad storm, then you die. You know, you know, it's all kinds of, sometimes we take for granted the experience that we have of life that we think we can handle and we forget somebody, God. We forget him. So I've been there before. I've been in this situation before. I know how to, take, how to handle this. So sometimes we are tempted to, to begin our days feeling confident in our ability to navigate the waters of life. We have the experience of life. We are confident and we believe that we can do it. So we step out the door with no thoughts for God because our confidence is that high. We know that we can get from one side to the other side. So we neglect to seek the Lord for his strength for the day. Then the unplanned surprise storm comes about. And we get caught in the middle of a storm. And we didn't thought about God. So this is what happened to his disciples here. Those guys knew the waters. They got in the boat and said, let's go to the other side. They had no thought about a storm is going to come up. We're going to get caught in the middle of a storm. They just went out about. How many times we get out of the house in the morning and we go in our day. We already have pre-planning in our mind. We don't know what the day is going to bring. We have no idea what the day is going to bring. Right. We don't know what's going to happen. But you know what? God knows. And many times we don't have a thought about God. Not even a bit of a thought about God. And we get caught in the middle of a storm. Ever happened to you? Ever happened to you? It happened to me many times. So let's look at this on several points this morning about the reality or consider Jesus' presence in your life. You ever consider his presence in your life? So the reality of storms. Look at there in verse 35 all the way to verse 37. It says, in verse 37, it says, And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat on the ship so that it was not full. So the water was coming into the ship. So storms are real. We often hear in the news about devastating storms on which many times lives are lost. Actually, some of us have lived through one, through some of those storms. I remember when I was a kid. I was a little kid. I was probably, I still remember that. Uh, seven or eight years old, and these guys went fishing. And, you know, in, in the Atlantic Ocean can be very deceiving, especially in the islands. And these guys are coming in. Uh, what we were told was that a fisherman came by and said to those guys, they had a little boat, and said, you guys maybe should get out of the waters because a storm is coming in. And they smiled at them and said, oh, we'll get there. And they didn't have no motor in that boat or anything. And the, the fisherman passed them by, and it happened so rapidly. It was a big storm, and one of the guys in that boat didn't know how to swim. They didn't have a life vest. He didn't have a life vest. So before you know, I'm, uh, I was playing with my friends on the seashore, and we saw this thing. We saw this big wave, and suddenly that boat just flipped over. They were coming to shore, flipped over. And we see one guy just, just try to survive in that water, and, and the other men try to help him up. And they both were sinking in the water because one was in agony and the other one tried to save him. He had no instruction. I heard, I mean, I heard that like, oh, I learned through life. They say when you try to help somebody, try to get his back so he doesn't grab you with your hands because they're panicking. So he, he, he kept going and the other guy gave up on him and swam to shore. The other guy died. He drowned in that waters. And I watched all that. I was a kid. We were watching all that. In my heart, I want to go over there, but I was not that good of a swimmer either. You know, I was such a young kid, probably eight or nine years old at the time. What a sobering day. They went to have fun. They got caught in the storm. One of them died. 
Storms are real, folks. We often hear in the news, like I said, devastating, but storms are real. Storms are, are a reality in the lives of all of us humans. No one is immune to it. They, they all come when we least expect it. Get this. If you read in the text carefully, you will notice that Jesus was in the boat with them when the storm arrived. Let me put it this way. Are you saved here this morning? Just put your hand up as a testimony. All right. Whenever you go, who goes with you? Amen. The Spirit of God is in you. So when you're facing the storms, God is there with you. As he was with the disciples there in that storm. So folks, the, glory of, uh, the, the Lord of glory was in the boat with them. The one who could control the storm was in the boat there with them. But the fact that Jesus was present in the ship did not guarantee that their journey would be smooth. You have the Spirit of God in you. It doesn't mean that you're immune to, to storms. You follow that? It doesn't mean that just because the Spirit of God is in you that nothing bad is going to happen to you. That's not true. Even though some people out there preach that way. Oh, if you're in the center of God's will, nothing will happen to you. Oh, go preach that somewhere else because the Bible does not teach that. Okay? So there are people who teach like today about this. If you're living uh, right, this don't happen. Let me give you some examples. For those people actually that believe that or preach that, and people in the pews believe that. Or if I'm in the center of God's will, I will never go to a storm. Oh, really? Okay. Job was in the center of God's will, and he suffered physically quite a bit. That was Job. Read the book of Job. Joseph was in the center of God's will, and he was sold by his own brothers into slavery, sold like an animal in the land of Egypt. He was in the center, innocently accused and put in prison. He was in the center of God's will. All right, Stephen was in the center of God's will, preaching the word of God. And he was stoned to death. Paul was in the center of God's will and spent many years, what? In prison, eventually died. John was in the center of God's will and he put in isolation in the island of Patmos. Get this, all of those men were great men of God. who got caught in a storm and they were in the center of God's will. So with some of these, all these people out there that preach such a things, you know what, turn them off. Turn them off. We have a sister that went to surgery. She's suffering. I believe she's in the center of God's will. I read this morning, she said, that I talked about my Jesus today. You know what? She's in the center of God's will. She's suffering. See, storms come. We have the Spirit of God in us, but we're not immune to storms because we live in a falling world. You may be sitting here this morning and you're going through a storm. If you're going through a season of difficulty right now, do not immediately assume that God is somehow pushing you away. Although the Lord does sometimes allow circumstances and things to chase, to chase us so we can come back to Him, into fellowship with Him. Trials often come in the life of Christians as well. So Jesus' disciples were not perfect, but they were, uh, they were in His will. Jesus was with them right there. They were obeying him. They were following his, his instructions and they got caught in the storm. So, from the experience, we see two specific realities of a storm right here. Letter A, storms can be unpredictable. 
Storms can be unpredictable. You can be in the center of God's will, mind your own business, and before you know, you say, how in the world I got here? You ever been there? All right, so you go to work tomorrow and you get a pink slip. Is that a storm? Maybe your mind began to think, how in the world am I going to pay my bills? How in the world am I going to do that? You wake up in the morning, you're not feeling well. You go to the doctor, the doctor said, you got cancer. Is that a storm? You wake up from surgery and everything's supposed to be well and nothing is well. Is that a storm? Yeah, that's what happens. They're unpredictable. Listen to this. The Sea of Galilee is 732 feet long. Uh, below, I'm, I'm sorry, 732 feet below sea level. And as often is the site of furious winds. The disciples were aware of that. No doubt that they had experienced or experienced storms before in that lake. But this day, there was a specific storm, and it was a hard one. So they're so hard that these men, that these are men that knew those waters, they were afraid for their lives. So most of us here have experienced storms in our lives. I believe all of us have experienced. So to speak, we have experience in dealing with storms. But sometimes there are storms who erupt so quickly, who are so strong that and so bad that we get frightful, concerned. What's going to happen to me? In those type of storms that we, uh, uh, that we like the disciples, we run to the master and we say, Master, master, wake up. Master, master, I'm going to die here. I need you. Ever been there? Lord, I need you. Amen. You forgot me. I'm here. And aren't you glad the disciples didn't jump overboard? Aren't you glad the disciples woke up the master? They saw the need and said, he's the one capable of doing it. They didn't look at each other and said, we can beat this, guys. We can beat this. They look at Jesus. Sometimes in the storms of life, you know what we need to do? Forget about everybody else. He's the one. He's the one. Let me tell you this way. Storms are predictable, but nothing will ever take our God by surprise. God knows where we are. God knows where you are. If you're suffering, God knows exactly what's going on in your life. Folks, it is in those storms of life that the Lord uses, uses, uh, 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 uses, with, great pur- uses with great purpose sometimes. It's in truth the storms of life that we learn to rely on Him. Look what it says in Romans 8.28, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Sometimes we are refined in the middle of storms. That's when we get closer to Jesus and understand the love of God. So during peaceful times, we have a tendency to become complacent towards God and and depend on ourselves. But when the storms come, we remember how much we need God's help. The second thing, let it be, is storms can be unmerciful. Storms are... Uh, 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 no respect of persons, and they can hit anybody unmercifully. That's how they, they come. For the disciples, this happened literally as the storm filled the, their ship with water. Look at then, look at verse 37. There arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat unto the ship so that he was not full. So they're like, you know, it's like, let's take the water out, and the water keep coming in. Let's take the water out. I remember this. I went fishing one time with my uncle, and uh, what a mistake I made. And, and, and there, was big, there was big waves. I mean, 
mountains of water. They would not break on the boat. It would just come like, and you go way up, and you go way down. Then you look up, and they go, wow, that big mountain come again. You go way up. And, he, and the boat was putting water in. It was made out of wood. So the, through, the, through the seams, it was just, you could see the water go, and he goes, can you get this bucket and take water in? So uh, I, I'm looking, and I'm taking the water, out, the water, yeah, the water out, and it, I couldn't keep up with it. And, and oh, goodness, I got seasick. <laughs> I got dizzy, I got seasick. And I said, I said, he looked at me, he said, you're not feeling well. I said, let's go home because I'm going to die over here. <laughs> Oh, what a storm. It was not good. It was not good. So they are merciful. They don't care who you are. They don't care if you have much money, no money. They don't care where you live. Storms will come and they will hit you hard. Don't you know the rich and poor die? You know why? Because we all go through those storms of life. They can be unmerciful. Let me give you an illustration here. Talk about the storm for a parent. A middle-aged couple enter the teenage, uh, teenage daughter's room to find a note that said, Mom and Dad, on the top. They open up the letter, and it said, Dear Mom and Dad, I'm writing this letter on school uh, paper because my stationery got burned in a fire. I'm not out of the hospital. I have now moved uh, in with my new boyfriend, Bill. We got a new, uh, he got me a new job uh, where he works. I'm, I'm a waitress at Red uh, Red Dog's uh, Salon, uh, you knew a uh, uh, grandbaby is due this fall. Mom and Dad, uh, uh, Mom and Dad, none of the above uh, really happened. I'm just kidding with you. However, I made a C in French, and I am failing history. Love your daughter. Talking about like a heart attack given to Mom and Dad there in two seconds. You know, it took a little guts to write that stuff down. But anyway, can you imagine open the line and look at this? Whoa, your heart just, boom, sinks in. It is interesting how our perspective can change so quickly when we consider worst possible circumstances, isn't it? When trials come, the devil will get us to lose our perspective. We need, we, uh, he will whisper in your ears, you see, God isn't with you. you in this all alone. You have to fight this storm by yourself. And God says, I'm with you always. Always. So, if you're in the middle of a storm, don't lose hope. God is with you. He's with you for you. When the storms, of, uh, uh, storms come, God's grace is rich within us. He is glorified in the life of a Christian who does not quit in the middle of difficulties. Let me put it this way. Don't give up in despair. Don't give up. Keep trusting the Lord. And everybody has different storms of life, but keep trusting God no matter what. God knows exactly where you are. God knows exactly what, you, what you're going through in your life. He loves you. Just keep saying, Lord, I'm here. Lord, I need you. He knows exactly where you are. Are you hurting physically? Are you lost a job? Whatever is the situation. When the disciples woke up, Jesus, did he say, don't bother me? Then he said, don't you see I'm taking a nap? He didn't say that. He get up, the Bible said. Don't you think the Lord listens to us as well? Number two, we see the reaction in the storm. Look at verse 38. 
And he was in the end part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And awake him and said unto him, Master, carest now that we perish? See, in a calm assurance that God was in control, Jesus was asleep in the midst of the storm. What a contrast between Jesus and the disciples' response to the storm. You know, isn't that wonderful? You know, in, in a night when you go to bed and, and, and life is so confusing, life is full of stuff, and you lay in that pillow and you say, Lord, help me just to rest. And the Lord just shuts you down and you completely go to sleep like a stone and you like, and you feel good in the morning. Isn't that good when it's that? Jesus was completely sleeping. Letter A, the urgent plea. Unfortunately, sometimes some of us uh, uh, have to be in the midst of the storm to realize how great we need the Lord. Why is that sometimes we doubt God's care for us when we're going through storms? Did it, did it ever fill, uh, uh, did he ever fill you in the past? Any circumstances out of, is any circumstances out of control that God cannot fix? You see, there was an urgent plea. They knew their lives were on the line right there. Listen, for, imagine you in that boat. Imagine you in, that, in the middle of that storm. And Jesus said, imagine, what, what would you feel about it? Look, these guys, it was an urgent plea. They knew their life was in danger. Let me tell you. When I was battling with cancer, I honestly thought I was going to die. It was an urgent plea, praying, praying with God and telling God the desires of my heart. Did I believe that he listened to me? I do. I do. Folks, there's all kinds of storms in life. We might, you might be we're having a wonderful time. Now you just get out of this place and you walk out the door and you find yourself in the middle of a storm. They come at us. This is an urgent plea. God can fix what we cannot fix. He can fix what we cannot fix. We have to believe that and believe in Him because He can fix that. Sometimes we think God is too weak and God doesn't know where we are and doesn't understand our problems. He does understand. He knows exactly where we are. You know, sometimes we have to understand how valuable it is for us to know the Lord. Let me give you this illustration. While fishing in the North Carolina Creek in 1799, uh, uh, this man, Comrade Reed, his name, discovered a large rock that grabbed his attention. He brought the rock home, and for the next three years, his family used it as a doorstop. Eventually, his father took the rock to a jeweler to find what uh, exactly the rock was. The rock... Uh, they had using it as a, uh, I'm sorry, a doorstep, not a doorstop. Uh, turned out to be worth about $3,600. It was gold. So to this day, is one of the largest gold nuggets to be discovered in the east of the Rockies. And for three years, the Reed family never knew the value of their doorstop. It took an examination by an expert for them to realize its value. Think about it. How valuable is God? You see that in the middle of a storm, we have a piece of jewel, so to speak, that is beyond value. It's our God. And we can go to Him, and He listens to us. I feel bad for those people that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. They go to the doctor, and they hope the doctor can, the doctor can fix them. 
They have, they hope that the, some surgery will help them, some, some pills can help them. And before you know, you got a whole pharmacy in your house because you got this and, and, and a side effect for this. You got to take for the, for the, this for, for that side effect and you got to take this out for the side effect. Before you know, you have a pharmacy walking on legs. You know what? Praise the Lord, we have the Lord, we have the Lord don't we? I'm not saying, no, you know, because you have God, don't take Medicaid. I'm not saying that. But the hope, the emotional pain that goes in us and, and the doubt that goes in us, we can give it to the Lord. See, just as the rock had to be examined before, the, before they knew what it was, our faith has to be examined and tested before strength is evident. God allows storms and testing before it, to come into our lives many times. Not to hurt us, but to show us where we are so that we can become stronger. But not only is it sometimes other storms are created by other people, sometimes it's natural disaster, whatever that is. But you know what? When we realize God is in the boat with us, it makes a world of a difference. You see, letter B we see was an urgent request. Look what it says. Master, care us now that we perish. You see the plea there? You see, like, Master, there's a storm going on. We are about to sink, and you're sleeping. Can you imagine that? I mean, can you imagine the way they said it? They went to the Lord, Lord, are you sleeping and we're almost dying in here and you don't care? They forgot who was in the boat. They really did. And we forget who we serve many times. Lord, I love you. Lord, I sing songs to you. When problems come, I don't think you can fix that. I'll go take care of that. I don't think you can fix that. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. So it was an urgent request here. It is a beautiful thing to God to see his children humble enough to, uh, to ask him. But you know what? Even with the little faith that they had, they ran to the one who could help them. Isn't that good? Because Jesus, how he of little faith. They thought, well, even with the little faith that they had, they ran to the one who could help them. They didn't look at each other. You know, folks, we Christians here, we love each other. There are things, you know what, we can't fix it. We just have to say, let's pray about it. Listen, if I could fix Patty this morning, I'll just go over there and say, Patty, I'm going to fix you up. You're going to be just mm, healthy as can be. I can't do that. You know what we do? We pray. Bring your name before the throne of grace and pray for her and say, Lord, here's your daughter. She's suffering. Look over her. You see, there was an urgent request, and that's the same thing when we have those prayer requests. There are urgent requests. We need the help in the hand of God. You see, Lord, what says in James 1, 5, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that give it to all men liberally. Now bring it, yeah, now bring it not, for it shall be given. Let him ask in faith without wavering, for he that... Uh, 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 waver it is like a, uh, like a wave of the sea driven with the winds and toasts. So let no man, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So, we have the Lord in our lives. Ask in faith. Ask believing. But he's not given to me and I've been praying for a long time. Keep on praying. Don't give up. Don't give in. Keep going at it. How long I'm going to pray? As long as it takes, keep praying. As long as I live, I keep praying. That's what it does. 
Because sometimes that's the only thing we can do. We serve a faithful God who loves us and, and, and hears us. Even when the storms are raging and our ships and our, and our ship is, full, is filling with water. Sometimes, you know, our troubles are so hard. Our predicament is so, so out of our hand that, you know, the, we, we're sinking. The water is coming in and, and we can't keep up. And God says, child, I can help you. So as you come to him with our request, as we come to him with a request for help, you will intervene for us and give us help. He did to the disciples and he do it for us. Number three, we see the Savior in the storm. Look what it says, the Savior in the storm. And he arose and rebuked the winds and said unto the sea, Peace be still. The wind ceased, and it was a great calm. Praise the Lord for God. People that live without God, where are they heading to? Think about it. Religions made by the imagination of man in this world, they have no base. Their leaders that created those religions are in the grave as they had it too. What kind of hope is that? We serve a living God that rose from the dead and tells you and me, I'm alive forevermore. You can follow me. If you follow me, you will never die. The Savior in the midst of a storm. You know what? Don't you ever think that your prayers, about your prayers that God doesn't care. God cares because you are loved by God. He cares about your problems. He cares about your dreams. He cares about those things. And look what it says. Storms are powerful. We know that. The reason for his disciples' fearfulness was because they were facing a major storm. Like I said, storms can be powerful and can cause a lot of damage and harm. You put it like this. How many storms that people went, went through and they went by and the storms got, you know, the calm came after the storm, but the scars are there. How many storms people went by through life and they overcame the storms, but the scars are there. They still remember those storms. And then when they think about it, the pain is there. It, 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 like the wound just opens up a little bit because they went through it. They went through it. One time I saw a man, a little gross, but I saw a man that got caught in a storm in a river. He said he got projected with the force of the waters, and it was a duck that was there that was split because of the force of the waters, and he had a beam going through his side, and he was... Standing there. And he survived. They cut the beam. They took him to a hospital. They did surgery on him. He survived. This is what he said. Every time I go to that river, or every time comes to mind, it still hurts. It's just painful to think about it. It still hurts. And that's all the same to us. Emotional storms. All kinds of storms we go through. The wound is there. Even though it's healed, when we think about it, it still hurts. So what did the Savior in the midst of the storm? Letter A, he rebuked the wind. Verse 39, by his rebuke, we can see Jesus' power over nature. The word rebuke means to to charge sharply here. Listen, people say mother nature. 
You know what that means? You don't know God. There's no such thing as Mother Nature, but there's one thing as Father God. Amen. There's no such thing as that. Nature is controlled by God Almighty. Right. He's the one who created nature. There's no such thing as Mother Nature. When people say that, like, you're like, you're not a Christian for sure. So the word rebuke means he charges sharply. The, the Lord Jesus stood up and, and spoke to the wind. Jesus spoke with authority to the winds, and the wind obeyed him. Folks, nature simply obeys the creator. Jesus spoke and nature obeyed. Let me tell you this. Is anyone out there that can do that? Aren't we so powerful as human beings? There's some guys, I mean, I, I, sometimes you, you watch a TV, you watch these guys on TV, something like, well, that guy uh, speaks like he's the most powerful man on the face of the earth. Look at that. It's just amazing. And we're so fragile. As you face the storms of life, let me remind you that you can run to Jesus, ask for help, and he will help you. As you, as you face storms in your life, understand there is a real devil who is trying to stop you from glorifying God in the midst of your storms. You follow that? He will use the storms for you to say to God, isn't that Job's wife, what did she say to her, her husband? Curse God and die. Can you imagine that? He was suffering. She knew he was suffering. He said, why are you going through that? Just curse him and die. He said, I will not do that, you foolish woman. He said, I will not do that. You see, Satan would try, try you and me to, to do the same thing to God as we go through the storms. You know what? May we glorify God in the midst of the storms. Paul asked the Lord three times. And what Paul said, he accepted what he had. Your grace is sufficient for thee. Didn't mean he got cured. He had to live with this disease. But he understood. If, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Interesting. You see, let it be we see, he spoke to the sea. It says in verse 39, And he arose and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Jesus spoke to the sea and says, be, Peace, be still. The word of peace means silent, harsh. Stop. The word of the phrase be still means to close the mouth or to muzzle the mouth like you put on a dog. So literally Jesus is causing the waves to stop. To muzzle them and, them and put them in, in, a, in a state of total calmness. It's truly, uh, uh, it truly is so comforting to know that the Lord has the power to muzzle any storm when we face. When you're going through storms, rather than covering in fear, trust in all-powerful God. We got to trust Him in the middle of the storm. You know, some people are easy to give into despair. They give into despair. They even say to God, "If you love me, why you let me suffer like this?" That's despair. We're so desperate. The pain is so intense. We don't know what to do. Turn this way. Turn that way. Do this. Do that. And the pain doesn't go away. And you say, Lord, if you love me, why you let me suffer like this? You can go that way. You say, Lord, even in this pain, I give glory to you. Is that easy to do? No. But shows our faith. He rebuked the wind. He spoke to the sea. And then notice finally what he 
change here. Look what he says. Let us see. He, change, he, cha- uh, he challenged the disciples. Look what he says. And he said unto them, verse 40, Why are you so fearful? <laughs> How it is that he have no faith? Was another story? A little faith. He has no faith. Think about it. Why are you afraid? I'm here with you. But master, you're sleeping and we're not. I'm here with you in a boat. Why are you so afraid? Sometimes you just need to sleep in the middle of a storm. So you have going about 12 inches of snow, 18 inches of snow. What are you going to do? Can't hold the snow. Let's go to sleep. But I got to go out there because I got to get too high. Go to sleep. We'll deal with it when daylight comes about. See, he challenged them. Why are you so afraid? Lucy, why are you so afraid of storms? I don't know. <laughs> and Lucy, and Lucy goes, I'm going to die this. I'm going to fly away. Fly away your glory, right? Praise the Lord. You run to the Lord. That's wonderful. That's what the, the disciples did. Run to the Lord. Lord, the wind is so strong. My windows are going to fly away. I am afraid of this thing. But see, he challenged them. Why are you so afraid? So we go through storms of life, emotional storms, painful storms, and we get afraid. I think one of the fairest things for men is lose a job. How am I going to support my family? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And it, 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 they get consumed with that. You know what? Why are you so afraid? God will provide another job. You really believe that? I do. If not one, two. But this job doesn't pay enough. We get two. I had to do that sometimes. One time I was working 86 hours a week. Why? Because I need it. So they'll provide two jobs instead of one. So he challenged them. He challenged his disciples. Why are you so afraid? See, there's a question mark right there. And he says to you and me, why are you so afraid? You see, God is our refuge in the middle of the storms. God is the one who will protect us. Actually, go to Psalm chapter uh, 46 and verse 1. Let's look, see what God says right there, the psalmist says. See, God, we serve a powerful, mighty God who's stronger than any storm that we can face. Faith and fear always have a, a way of, of uh, canceling each other, each other out. But let me tell you this. If you have fear, you have no faith. And if you have faith, there is no fear. They don't, they don't live together in the same heart. You follow that? Look what it says in Psalm 46.1. God is our refuge and strength in the very presence in help in what? Trouble. Trouble. Therefore I will not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, to the waters therefore row and, and be troubled, uh, through the mountains shake uh, with the swelling thereof. Selah. You know why he says, the psalmist says right here, I will not be afraid. What happened to me because I have God with me? Is it pastor, it's easy to say. No, it's not easy to say. But let me tell you this. He challenged them. Why are you so afraid and why you have no faith? You know what? Because when we're fearful, see, you see the word fear and faith there. When we're fearful, we have, we're fearful because we have no faith. I believe in God. I know he's the creator. He's my savior. But God, I have no faith in you because I don't believe you can help me. 
That's what happens. Those guys believe in Jesus. They were with him. He was in the boat. They went to him, Master, you don't care? Imagine that. Master, you don't care that we're going to die? You're just sleeping along as we are fighting for our lives? What are you doing there? And he gets up, you have a little faith. It's interesting what God does. He sees the storm. He speaks to the winds. He speaks to the waters. Then he speaks to them. You know what the Lord does to us? He comes the storms. Then that little Anna voice speaks to us. Hey, where's your faith? Then I, told, then I tell you I can take care of you. I conclude with this. After the disciples saw Jesus come the storm, simply by words they marveled. Notice the statement. Look at verse 41. And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of this, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him. They saw the demonstration of God's power there. And let me put it this way. Did you ever see God's power in the middle of your storms? You ever get to the end of a storm, you saw the sun come up and you see God's power, how he took you away from that storm? Listen, folks. The God that helped them in that storm is the same God today that can help you out of your storm. He said, Pastor, I'm not going to storms today. But if you go to a storm tomorrow, think about it. He can help you in the midst of your storm. And he can calm your heart in the midst of a storm. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for Jesus, for his word.